Welcome to the Gather Influence podcast season five. What incredible conversations we are having this season around the female voice, both within the context of the church and the community at large. This week, we are so excited, honored to be hosting Chantel Beresford, a pastor in Toronto here in Canada, where we talk about the opposition to your voice as a female, the culture, the context, some of the communication styles that she's experienced and grown in, the core beliefs that she's really had to re-navigate and renegotiate and the responses to her particular voice. She is phenomenal. You are going to find yourself and your experience in so much of what she shares about. We also begin to talk about the advocating for this race equity and this gender equity. And we have such brilliant conversations. She's so intelligent. She's so witty. She's launched her own YouTube channel now. You are going to love Chantel Beresford and Chantel and her husband, uh, incredible lead pastors of Serve City Church here in Toronto. And she and her husband have been leading together for years and years. And she's a mother of three beautiful children, Gabriel, Noah and Claire. She spends a majority of her free time with her family and close friends. She is so intentional about friendship. She has this new show, like we said, and it's called Let's Go There. If you haven't yet had the chance to listen to it, I did. And her first episode was amazing, confronting, challenging, and so much fun. Chantel's a native to Canada, but she's traveled extensively through Africa, the Middle East, and she served heavily during the Hurricane Katrina catastrophe demonstrating the love of Jesus to thousands of hurting people there in the U.S. before returning home from the U.S. to Toronto in 2015. They had lived in the U.S. for 14 years. They'd planted churches, they'd started a family, but now they're here on our soil here in Canada. Her greatest passion is to see lives impacted through the local church with the gospel of Jesus. She's committed to doing everything she can to demonstrate God's love in her household and around the nations of the world. And you hear that and you feel that and you pick that up in our conversation. So let's dive straight into our conversation on the female voice and its opposition with my co-host, Kathy Elstopchak and myself, Vanessa Hoyes. We can't wait to host you today in season five on this podcast. We are so excited today to have our guest and friend and amazing woman leader in this nation, Chantelle, on our podcast today. So from myself and Kathy here co-hosting with me, Chantelle, welcome to the Gather Influence Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you are on YouTube and watch this on YouTube, you are going to notice like gorgeous, gorgeous Chantelle online with us and even her voice, regardless of just her presence is amazing. So, so glad that you can be with us and Kathy and I in this season are just diving into a, a wide range of conversations around the female voice and how God is really calling us up as his girls to a whole new level of influence in so many different spheres right so that you have been a new friend to me personally as I've come into the nation over the last few years and we run in a similar kind of circle with the ark church planting and um, so would you just tell us and our listeners a little bit about your context and your world Yes. Well, I lived in the States for 14 years. About six years ago, I came back to Toronto to plan a church with my husband, Serve City Church, which is turned four in this past January, which is cool. Um, Yeah. And I also, you know, I'm the executive pastor at my church, but I also lead alongside my husband. And it's just been an interesting journey, especially with COVID coming in there. It's definitely had to be quick on our feet to make the quick uh, shifts, you know, we, last year when we did our Vision Sunday, we told the church, 
um, two weeks prior to COVID hitting that we wanted to be an online campus for the fall, that we wanted to re-change our stage. We wanted to get new seating. And we literally did that within two weeks because not knowing that it was coming, thinking we would do the six months later, it happened within two weeks. And so it's been phenomenal to see what God's doing. I really feel like the last 12 months, God has been prophetically positioning us, like speaking a word to us before we even know. I And I don't like to say that God's one step ahead, but he's literally been guiding us prophetically each step of the way the last 12 months. And it's been mind blowing to see what God's been doing. So it's crazy. Oh, well, anyone who doesn't yet know Chantal and Andrew and their amazing church and um, what they're doing, just listening to them is so energizing. Honestly, like the what you carry and what you bring is phenomenal. So talk a little bit more, if you could, into um, your role in the church. You said, exec- of course, co-leading and executive. So what does that look like for you? What does day-to-day leadership look like for you? me I pretty much do all strategy so I like look at big picture but then let's talk about how we actually do the small steps to walk out this big vision that God has put on our heart and I have a background in marketing and a master's in public administration so that's kind of my bent so I do all marketing strategies like social media also I run all of our um our our lead team and then help them um, support them when they lead our dream team as well. I, you know, liaison with our board and that kind of stuff. So pretty much anything strategy and planning, that's kind of like where I really lead on um, from Sunday morning experience into whatever that is, like our outreach ministries. And so I love to like troubleshoot, get resources and be creative in that um, I'm not really the executor. So I'm the brain and then someone else executes type of thing, you know? So. Love that. Kathy, this is your world running in these kind of circles corporately. Um, there, Kathy's focus is so on the strengths-based, you know, way of leading as well. So um, mm-hmm. it's a great part of the conversation, Kathy. Yeah, I think just leading from your strengths. I mean, I'll vote for you. So if you if you run for something, I'll vote for you. I think just knowing where you get your joy and where you get your wind, even as you started to talk like about the movement of the church forward and the vision and the, prof- the prophetic around that, like you started talking with just great energy. And so I love to see that. I think it's such a great model for women who aren't sure where they fit. And so they'll say yes to everything like, you know, what do you want me to do? And I'll do it. I used to feel so guilty for not always being in the nursery, you know, because I was leading worship most of the time, but I thought, oh, I should sign up for the nursery. But just to say, hey, this is what I do. This is my background. This is what I love to do right there is huge. I don't, I don't do kids. I do my kids, but I don't do kids. (laughs) I love that. I don't do kids. I don't do kids. I do my kids. Yes. Yes. And I had to learn that because especially being a church plant, you naturally want to fill the gaps. Like, and I did that a couple of times. I was so drained and that I can plan the strategy, the administration of kids, ministry, lesson planning, make sure I have teachers. That's my strength. But for me to teach and you know how to teach with your own kids in the classroom is chaotic. On top of that, I had to learn that I had to take a step back, even though I wanted to be helpful. It wasn't really helpful for my church and for my family to step in that part of leadership. But I can work on the back end and empower people to walk in those positions. And so naturally you felt guilty like oh I should I know there's an I there was a need but it couldn't be me you know well walk us through walk the listeners through how you learned to say no how did that come about and was there challenges when you needed to say no this is not where I can give my best I think one first it starts about how do you feel like you try it and then you're like I felt uncomfortable I felt like why were they frustrated with the team or like I when I recognize how I was feeling this might not be the best part also talking to my husband like I have an amazing husband and he's like do what you want to do do not pretend that you have to do something but I want you to walk in whatever God has for you and I really believe if you're under really good leadership especially men you should be flourishing you should not be your voice be muted you should not be held back you should not be squelched but you should be flourishing under whatever if it's female or male leadership you should always be flourishing if it's God leadership that's I personally believe 
Um, and not everyone has that opportunity. I feel very blessed that I have a, a spouse that really champions the call of the God of my life. We've been together 17 years. So he's seen the journey. He's seen the insecurity. He's seen the growth and pushes me where sometimes I don't want to go. Um, so that's an advantage for me to rec have a spouse that understands um, and has vision for me, wants to see me blow up, to see what God has um, for me. But that's not always everyone's scenario or situation or experience, right? Yeah. Okay. Is she just the best? <laughs> Somebody that wants to see you blow up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the word flourishing that you so many times, like that is always somewhat of a dream, like, oh, I wish I could flourish, but I don't know how. And you're just saying under the right kind of leadership, under the right kind of circumstances, and also knowing your healthy yeses and healthy noes, you can flourish as a woman in leadership. And you said something about your voice too. So we'll have to go back to that. Yeah, exactly. So talk about how COVID, if you wanted to just share, like, what's it been like personally for you as leaders, you, your husband, you as a woman, you as a mother, but in all your various roles, like how have you been through this last crazy season? Well, COVID was really hard. I think for me, my personal, my family took it very seriously. So they were not breaking any rules. So there was months that I did not see my parents and living in the same city, not rec not able to dine with them or commune. Um, they did drive by um, meetups, but not to have that was very, very hard since we're so close. And then the other side of leading was um, I never did things live online. That's not something I, I actually, okay, this has been a very vulnerable moment. I don't even leave voicemails on people's voices because I didn't like my voice. Like I never if I call you you don't pick up that's it you're you're not getting a voicemail from me and this COVID, COVID has really pushed me to hear my own voice on a weekly basis and to go live and to a bigger audience and to be comfortable with that and I remember the beginning like the take after take getting frustrated like you know especially when you it's it's something different when you're in the house in church and the atmosphere is set the tone is totally there you're moved in the holy spirit you just feel the room you know the words coming you've done your scripture you're ready to come on stage then when you record it's like there's no pre anything it's dead in the room there's nobody there and you're like all right pray i'm like okay like you just there's no feelings it's just kind of let's go okay let's just pray let's let's say a word and it's uncomfortable that you're just talking to a screen you have no idea who's watching it grew me it stretched me to be when I see where I'm at now I'm like wow like I've really grown because I was terrified and the man the, the, the amount of takes I do over and over and over and over again we're crazy and so, but through that season, I am, I feel more confident. Like now, like I just did a, a taping last week for a conference and I'm like, wow, I don't have that jitters. It's a different jitters in the Holy Spirit where you're like, okay, God, speak, yeah. use me, but not like, oh my God, they're online, the camera. It was a different confidence that came, but you have to go through. And I've been talking a lot lately in this season is using muscles that you've never used before. And who hates leg day the day after leg day? It is sore. It is uncomfortable. And that's how I feel like I've done leg day. I've gone through the uncomfortable of recording and re-recording, not liking my voice or, oh, I looked the wrong way. But now that that muscle has been worked, there's a little strength in there, a different strength that I feel that even though I was sore and most people don't want to pause in the soreness. Right. No one wants to be sore, but through the soreness you build muscle and you get stronger but you have to get sore especially if you've never built and never flexed that muscle what are you expecting just to be like okay I feel amazing like no like if you don't work out like you feel death next day like honestly <laughs> like you feel uncomfortable but you feel better after the soreness and I think a lot of people they give up after the first day because like oh I bombed this and I think this season have taught me is keep trying again, keep going, keep pushing, because there's something on the other side of the soreness. There's something on the other side of your in, um, your insecurity. There's other something on the other side of your vulnerability. There's other people waiting for the word that God has for you and to recognize that we're not perfect. Something that we say every single week at my church is no perfect people allowed. 
We see it every single week at my church, every single week to recognize as a leader, I don't have it going on. I don't have it all together. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I was doing to do three kids remote learning. I don't know what to lead in a pandemic with my own spouse. Like last year was a crazy year for us in our marriage that we walk through ourselves. You know, yeah. mind you with a lot of, I, I described 2020 was a man, crazy, amazing highs, but some crazy devastating valley situations that came through, but God has been faithful. God has still been there. And to recognize that God still uses us even when we're broken. And I think about having a broken pot and, even though you can be carrying this broken pot full of water and water's falling through the brokenness, they're still getting pl plants getting watered that were still growing uh -huh. brokenness. And you know, people recognize that they're even, you can still grow and still be impactful in your brokenness that people are recognizing in you. And you don't have to have it all together. Like you really don't have to have it all together. And I think people are looking for more vulnerability, person that are vulnerable, vulnerable and real and authentic. And to be authentic comes with a cost. Right. It comes with a cost to, to be um to be authentic. And I don't think people are willing to be authentic. People are not willing to go online unfiltered without yeah. a filter, right? Right. Yeah. Because you see the blemishes, you know, and I've had to challenge, work those challenges out like can I really be me? And I, am, am I willing to show people who I really am? And I think about, I post all the time and I'm thinking, am I too vulnerable? Am I pushing the envelope too much? Because are people going to judge me by what I'm sharing, even though I feel God's prompting me to, but did I share too much? Is it too real? Knowing that multiple people are going through similar situations, but there's just something that people, you, you don't know if people really want the real deal the real yeah. issues and so it's a struggle sometimes oh my gosh so much in that it's so much let's just for a moment when you say that it's risky to be vulnerable and you're not sure if it feels like too much do you if you're if you feel comfortable being honest who not names but what type of person is on the other side of that fear for you like all that but like is there is it congregation is it people that don't know you like who when you think about that most feels most risky for you other leaders okay other leaders because I don't find leaders are, are honest enough or real enough okay. I feel like there's a level that we want to present ourselves and there's very few um, conversations that I have with people that they're really being honest. And I think sometimes when I do post, I'm like, they're judging or they're like, did she really say that? Even though there could be some honest that they can really relate to. I'm sometimes thinking about the leaders in my own community or even outside of my community that are like, I can't believe she did that. Like, is it okay? I can't believe she went there with that post or she said that. And I'm learning to own my own voice, my own story. And if God is calling me to that, I have to be obedient to the word that God is saying to me. But it comes with a cost of being after I post. There's so many times I just want to take it down. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, I might get 150 likes, but it's still not. It's still that uncomfortable. Even if it's like 150 people like my post. Yay. I still feel uncomfortable on the other side of people thinking, what are they really thinking at home? Am I a conversation at the dinner table? And then I'm thinking, I'm not even that deep. People are, are probably not even thinking about me. It's just probably just me thinking about me. Uh, I'm probably not even a conversation about other people, but you get caught up in the mind and you play the game of, you try to role play the what if game. And I find that I do that so many times of what if A happens, then B might happen or C might happen. And right. recognizing sometimes I just post and I don't even go back to it again yeah. and just be brave enough to be like, no, I'm just not going to even look at it again, you know? And how, so how do you disrupt that? So you might not look at it, for example, that's a helpful tool for you. How else do you disrupt that way of thinking that could really silence your voice okay. from doing it again? So I will give another example. So three weeks ago, I did a, um, an Instagram live for um, another ministry and I got off that live. I felt so not confident. I bawled my eyes out after like totally was like, plus I did this interview, my, my computer died at the end. So I felt like I just, just messed it up. And I just text a couple of friends that are very trusted and say, Hey, you know what? Like 
I'm having a moment. And I even did a voice note. They could hear it in my the, my voice inflection. It wasn't even a text. It was like my voice. You can tell my voice that I was not okay. And they really empowered me. And what was powerful, the next day, the host texted me a screenshot of someone else's message how they were so blessed by that Instagram live that they were crying through it, that it spoke to them. And I'm like, God, you know what we exactly needed. And I think sometimes that reminds me, you know, I was doing the right thing, but I got caught up in my own feelings on the way that I wanted to project. I want to be probably a little bit more polished or um, I didn't feel that prepared. Also, it was a crazy day. I was moving. So I was like a, a nutcase that day. Um, so I think sometimes making sure you call the right people at the right time. I always tell people like, you got to make sure you have the right person on speed dial it could be the wrong voice that you need to be speaking into your life and I have some key people that I know that I could be vulnerable with like hey this what just happened to me right now this is how I'm really feeling and I just want you to listen and they might give some feedback and say hey you know what and and I knew a couple of them were on the call, on the call themselves so they knew it how when they're like you you killed it I'm like yeah whatever but I think the next day to get that note knowing the host didn't know how I was feeling was confirmation like wow okay god you did use me as a vessel you know Kathy this has kind of been your journey too right like some of the online just showing up right you're quite honest about that just this feels so good it sounds so good to hear you say that because the self-doubt online especially if it's a new technology or something we have to learn I'm going to have a new saying called voice day. It's like, you know, after leg day, like after voice day, you just doubt everything. You think you did horribly, like you did a million takes, or you just say like, I'm not doing it. One time I just tried so hard and I had to, you know, push something out. And it's just like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not doing it ever again, but you have to keep doing it. But my question is, okay, so we do things that we can, if we need to press delete, Mm -hmm. we can remove it. You know, we can say, I'm not showing it, you know, digitally, but when you have given, been given a God-given platform, a space, which you have, and you show up and you are still faced with the same kind of opposition, the voices out there, what's, what are they going to think? The people in front of you are not in front of you. And you know that once your words go on into the universe, you can't take them back. Like, what is that like for you? What are the voices that you're hearing? What are you sensing coming at you that you have to have a mindset to just say the battle is won against all this? Because the voice for a woman is a very fragile thing, I'm suspecting. Yeah, I think the voices are, there's a bunch of things. Sometimes it goes back to um, childhood doubt. Um, there was one line that I had to really work on to let go. And it was, you talk too fast, you need a translator. And that one line has really, I've had to work that one line out of my mind speaking. And I'm so I'm critiquing after I've spoken in a room, did I talk too fast? Um, was I clear enough in my communication? Um, and just really, really dealing with those real voices in my head and saying no and just go back to um you know my husband's a big voice too like you know to counteract the doubt also I have to remember my why God has called me I didn't ask for this platform I didn't ask to push I didn't push myself in here and I said Lord if you will send me here I am Isaiah 6 8 that's kind of a prayer I've prayed for many many years that you've called me into this this is something I didn't push myself into and remember that. And yeah, I have to reflect that it's many times I have to think about that statement. Like, do I need a translator? Do, am I clear enough in my communication? Did I put enough effort in it? Did I work enough? Did I pray enough? You know, and I get caught up in, um, and I talk about, I share this with many people. Like my husband is a preaching machine, like a bad, like he's just bad. Like he just preaches like crazy. He's an apologist. He's a really good teacher. And for many years, the beginning of my marriage, I compared so much to my husband that it was my own barrier to my own ministry that got my own voice because he was just good. And I'm like, I didn't feel like I had the weight. And sometimes, you know, 
my theological like study might be as deep and I'm like am I seeing this properly I'm like in my head while I'm preaching it's like I'm talking to myself like did I go there you know when you're praying you're like should I say God Jesus who am I referring to when you're praying so like referring to to sometimes um and I had to really work that part out that my husband and I are not on the same team the enemy is the enemy my husband's not the enemy and no one else in the kingdom is the enemy the enemy is the enemy and that took some time to really reflect on that and work through those um, things. And I think the enemy knows my husband and I have a powerful ministry and wants to kind of put the insecurity against each other and recognize that. But it took a long time to really work that part out uh, between us because we're both very strong. I'm strong personality, um, strong in my, like, you know, you're not going to keep me quiet. <laughs> like, I'm going to voice what I have to say. Um, in a respectful manner, but I'm going to say what I need to say um, when I feel like there needs to be something said, so. You're awesome. Amazing. This just so many layers and I'm thinking of people that are going to be listening to this that again, you, you we're talking about core beliefs here. We're talking about, you know, context, some of the opposition, the challenges, right? Do you want to speak a little bit into any challenges or um, opposition you might have faced when it's come to culture for you? Or even, I mean, you're from, a, you know, you you were raised in an American context and now you're here. Like, and then, of course, your voice has been really strong in the last year or so around um, everything to do with um, race and equality and justice but I, as you speak into that, and again, honest, like moment, you, you can choose to answer or not, but I was thinking about you both in this last season and how God's elevated your voice. But mm -hmm. this is not a new conversation for you. This is not a new, you know, like God's using like mm -hmm. your experiences, but it's not new for you either, right? So um, what's it been like in this last year to be a, such a voice in this whole space in the Canadian church would be one question but also just a little bit more if you faced opposition in this whole context of culture yeah I think um I recognize when you're passionate about something you can just talk about it and I think I've always been passionate about race um I actually in the states have a um I did a certificate in institution, institutional racism and led um, for Fortune 500 teams into like a 10-week process of unpacking some racial perspectives they've had in the corporate world wow. um, back in the day. But and so coming full circle back around to use that in the church is very interesting yeah. to have that experience. So I feel um, I feel very honored and blessed that I don't have to pretend to be anybody else. I can just be myself, but it is a risk of like, how much do you want to really share of your story? How much do you want to challenge someone's perspective of how they um, think about leadership? I know in the past I've said things, but people, it wasn't uh, because at the time, race wasn't really on the radar in many leadership. It was kind of swept under the rug. And I'm really happy, I'll say this, always say what you really feel you need to say before it blows up because then people will take you, I feel sometimes more seriously. Why I say that is, if I just started having this conversation in June or late May, then it's like, you're just trying to use your voice now because of the scenario, the society. But if you've been consistent what you've been saying people are like you've been saying this for a while now wow. and I think it brings some value and validity what you're trying to say versus trying to pop up now and having a voice like now I want to talk about race in church um it kind of looks sometimes people can take that as are you just trying to use the platform or now you've been saying this we want to bring you in onto the platform because this is what you consistently have been saying but you have to be okay that People are going to maybe shun you when you feel like you have something to say or they're just not ready to learn. And I really believe you have to give people grace because you cannot put on your beliefs on somebody if they're not ready to receive it. And so even though you might believe that they might have a distorted view of something, you got to be patient when they're ready to receive because I think we naturally just want to push 
people in um, on our beliefs and like, you should know this, this is just, don't you see, it's very clear. Yeah, it's, it can be clear, but they need to work on the, a lot of times, especially when you're a leader, you gotta work at home first in your own heart before you go public. Mm-hmm. I think we're asking too many people to go public when they, they have not worked out privately. Give them the space and the time to work out those those things and where they really stand because you got to challenge your core beliefs and like where have I been wrong where have I fallen short where did I, like where do I was I stuffing the gap in that stuff and so give people space and time. So Chantal, this is profound. Like be be in this space before the space is trendy to be. Like you know, and mm-hmm. I hate that that's what it is or that it's on trend to have the conversation it's not it's god doing it but but what what about the cost of that because there's a cost when it's not on trend or not politically correct or what about the cost of that again for you and then for someone listening for something they genuinely want to step in the space of and they know it's not the you know it's not the current thing to be speaking about what would you how would you advise someone and how did you work that through I think everyone needs to count the cost before you move you have to think about it you can't just like my story is crazy but uh, about more than 15 years ago my husband and I both left the denomination that we were raised in and we were the only ones in our family to leave we were in a law-based background and we moved into a grace and our theology changed We lost our jobs, we lost our community, we lost our family. And we literally had only one another. Um, We were in this part of this very tight bubble and it had a cost to speak our voice. And at the time it was very painful. It was, you know, pulling our families apart, the messages that we got, the emails, the phone calls. But we were very resolute in what God was calling us to, to the Bible, to, you know, to focus on grace and the gospel. But what it's powerful that because we made that decision 15 years plus, I am seeing the benefits in my children, the next generation, that I was willing to do the cost for using my voice. 15 years ago, you could not have told me that of that decision, what I've lost. I, I can't remember the scripture in Mark that you will get a hundredfold back from losing mothers and fathers. And I feel like God has definitely graced us back that not knowing that even though it was tight, it was hurtful in those seasons, using our voice was very um, costly, but it was worth it. But we thought about it before we even proceeded that were we willing to jump in? Were we willing to be sold up for Christ? Were we willing to give up everything? Were we willing to lose our job? Were we willing to lose our reputation? Were we willing to lose um, our community that we've known our whole lives, like childhood friends and family that you've loved? Were we willing? And we said, for God, we're willing to give it all. We were willing to give it all. And if you asked me 15 years ago, I'd be in this nation of Canada, preaching the gospel along my husband, leading alongside him. You couldn't have told me that. But because of the decisions I made 15 years ago, I have the strength and the confidence to do it today. Um, and so it's making the decision, recognizing the cost before you lead and do anything. And I think too many people are immaturely haphazard or jumping because it's a great idea you have to look at the cost. Are you willing to really go what God is calling you to? Are you willing to speak up at your workplace? Are you willing to speak up at school? Are you willing to speak up in the, with your coworkers? It has a cost, but there's freedom and authenticity. There's true freedom. I really believe in auth- you cannot put a price tag on being yourself, who God has created you to be. You can't put a price tag on it. You really can't. Amazing. I've just been tracking with you. Uh, you've got like a whole course curriculum lined out here for women finding their voice. I think you just starting with your, like Vanessa said, your core beliefs, like what you have to believe about yourself, what you choose to believe. And then the inner critic, like wrestling that down and then wrestling the the external critics, the one that the ones that even say when you are speaking out for things that, really matter the justice the equity 
of race, of gender, and people are, you know, are bringing you down for that. So what keeps you there from what I heard is your call, like your why you said, know your why, and then your confidence after, you know, you've made the choice at every cost to say whatever it takes, like your call is keeping you there and you're getting your confidence from that. Like it's just so many beautiful nuggets in there. And what I love is that it's all out of your own vulnerability and authenticity. Like you're not painting a fairy tale life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I remember I was doing an internship for a hospital in HR and uh, I had my interview with the, the CEO of the hospital. And I, he, I happened to say something with kids. He goes, oh, can you do this? Because you have kids. I was like, I said, you would never ask that if this was a male, if I was a male. And really reflecting on being a woman in those spaces that you would never ask my husband if we can do this. Can you, how are you leading while you have three kids? Well, I'm doing it. Like we're, we're making it happen. You're not asking my husband because he has three kids too. <laughs> like he has three kids also doing remote learning. And I also have responsibility. And I remember so many times when I was first leading my church and people said, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean what I'm doing? I'm working. Like I'm running a church with three kids. Like, what do you expect? But I think naturally, and for me, coming to Canada was very hard because in the States, you get about six to eight weeks for mat leave. In Canada, you get 12 weeks. I never had 12 months off. Like that was like a dream. Oh my gosh. With my first son, I got, I was home for six months. My second, I went back to work after nine weeks full-time. I had a 20-month-old baby and a nine-week-old nine week baby. I went back to work full-time. And um, I recognized when I came here and I said, you know, I knew that God was calling me into full-time to lead alongside my husband. I got really ridiculed for like, are you wasting your education? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, you sure you don't want to like be working in the work marketplace? I'm like, why can't we do both? Why can we do? I really feel like you can do full-time. Full-time ministry is wherever God's calling you to be. Is in the marketplace? Is it at school? Whatever it is, it's not not just um, full-time ministry. It's not just church. It's not labeled as church. And I think I had to really wrestle when I first moved back here, my calling, like, is it okay that I do full-time ministry? Is it okay that God is calling me to come alongside my husband? And yeah, I have this degree that I've worked for, but I'm using my degree in my church. Like I work, I worked in mental health and employment services for many years for people that had severe and persistent mental challenges. (laughs) Definitely helping me working in the church. Trust me, work with some interesting people in the church. I have a marketing degree. I, you know, especially with online ministry now, it's coming into effect, working full-time ministry. And so wherever you are working at, you're shepherding the community that you're in. And so I had to deal with that. And it's interesting enough to hear that from other women. That's where it's the challenging sometimes. It's like, so what are you doing with your life? I'm like, I'm working in the church. I'm also using the gifts and talents that God has given me. Um, So it's challenging. You have to, again, I had to learn to also speak up for myself because, you know, they would say this to me. They said, Chantal, oh, must be nice to have a flexible schedule that you get to do what you want to do. I said, oh, yes, it is. I have the favor of God. Like, I'm going to say, I'm going to walk in that I have this opportunity. You're not going to kind of pull me down and like trying to like embarrass. It's like, yeah, I'm very blessed that I have the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you that I have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, not everyone has the opportunity to build church or not everyone has a flexible schedule. But you know what? I don't have a nine to five job. We know it's a lifestyle. Ministry is a lifestyle. I don't just get to clock out at 5 p.m. I'm working almost every single day which with parameters and boundaries. But I do have the opportunity because God has called me to this very thing. So thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm just thinking about the gift and the challenge of our feminine voices. I bet that was women saying that to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) We can be each other's greatest cheerleaders and each other. I want to say, to add on that, I have to say, though, with these voices, they were never exposed to women being in leadership. Right. So that's also the conflict is they've never seen it modeled. It was very something new. I, I know 
well, now I do more, but I knew very, very little women of color in leadership leading alongside their husbands. Very, very few women that I knew leading alongside their husbands. So it was new, it's different. Like, what are you doing? And so I I also have to recognize that they weren't, their exposure was not there as well. It was you know? a new paradigm for them yeah. to understand. You're so yeah. gracious. You're incredible. You're you're so gracious and so so you are you carving out something um with that prophetic gift on you and uh this has been an amazing conversation amazing kathy yeah i was going to use that word grace i'd written it down that you know you can carve it out but it doesn't it doesn't have to be ugly like you can carve it out in a way that inspires people yeah. inspires me just hearing your story again I'm just right back down to the authenticity of your story I mean you are a female black leader leading a church raising a family preaching teaching uh so uh wise discerning using your experience and you're just sharing it here for everyone listening for me listening to say it can be it has to be credible if it's real and you're so real. And I think so many women can listen and say, I identify with her. Yeah. I've been told the same things and look, look at Chantel. And so I think I'm just getting a huge, like just encouragement from your personal story, the beauty of it, the grace of it, the truth of it. So it's, it's yeah. I've, I've just written so many notes, all these little nuggets of things that you said, um, I think learning to own your voice as well as what you said. And I think that's a struggle for so many women learning to own it. Like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it feel like when I know that God has given me a message and I'm able to declare it despite all the opposition. So I think you brought some of that learning to this table today. Amazing. And what do you believe God's doing for the female voice in our nation? Chantel, what are you sensing I think women are getting the confidence. I really do feel like we no longer looking for a mold, but like, what's your thing? What is God calling to? And it might not be so many times we as women have been, we have been, I want to say compliant, but now we're walking in alignment with God's calling us to do. And I feel more and more people have said, you know, enough is enough. I don't want to just exist. I want to live. And it's people like us, Kathy and you, Vanessa, cheering women on saying, you can do it. What is the dream that God's put in your heart? We really want to come alongside you and we want to push you alongside that we believe in you. And I think more and more women are getting the confidence by the, and I really believe in the last couple of years that women are cheering each other on more. Like I feel more empowered the last couple of years than I ever felt. I felt before it was more competition, more caddy, but now it's more like you go girl, you do your thing, like work it out. I'm here for you. What do you need? Like, I'm not trying to hold back anything. What can I share? What, like, how can I support you versus we're in competition? And this, this rallying up is happening. A tribe of women are rising up and recognizing we are not competition competitors but we're co-laborers mm. and I really feel like that's what's happening um in this next season of this next wave of the, the female voice is we're not feeling like we're competition no more and yeah I, I really believe that I love it our gather voices uh coaching cohort that we're launching we feel that exact same thing if we can just mm -hmm. keep creating environments where people will be championed, girls will be, female voices will be championed by males and females, right? And yeah. that's the that's our big passion. And so we're super excited to launch that and find your voice in that and your place in that as a, a guest coach and someone, if you could, we'd be so honoured to have you, oh, you at that level. And um, I, I would love you to um, bless and pray for every single listener um, mm -hmm. that has and is in a season where the opposition feels unrelenting. And mm -hmm. so even though there's this hope and there's this declaration that we know there's more at stake and, you know, revival we are stewarding and our voices are so incredibly potent in that, for some people it's exhausting 
they don't have the the, the either there's someone celebrating right at the same levels that some of us have the experience of can you just pray strength yeah. and courage into every single listener that's going to hear this Sure. God, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you called us before the foundations of the earth. You had a plan and a purpose before we even knew our own name. So thank you for that, Lord. God, I am praying for the women that need the courage just to put their heads up, the courage just to put their ideas out there, the courage just to tell a friend that this is what God has placed on my heart, Lord. God, I pray that you will continue to just put handpicked people in their lives that you have put in their path to come alongside them and to champion the call that you have on their lives, Lord. So God, some people are tired. They're exhausted, especially in the last 12 months. We're hitting 18 months in this pandemic, Lord. God, I pray that you will just rejuvenate them, God. Give them rest, God. Give them understanding and clarity in wherever they are, Lord. And God, we trust you because you are waiting in our tomorrow. You are already there. You are in our future. And God, so we put all of our trust in ourselves. We do not lean on our own understanding, but we believe in who you've called us to do. And so God, we give our little so you can make it more. Whatever that looks like in your hands, Lord, we give it to you. We trust you. We love you. And God, continue to fan into flame the God-given dreams and prayers that we've been praying many, many nights that we have not shared with other people. But Lord, I pray that you give us the courage to just step out, even if it's just one step, even though we have, we see the big picture, but give us the one step to courage in the right direction, in the God direction, and for that God dream. So God, we love you so much. And thank you for what you're doing with these women that are listening. I pray they'd be impacted. God, I pray that not impacted just to you know, be at home and cry and feel good, but impacted for change, mm -hmm. impacted to just take the next step. We thank you for what you have already done and what you're going to do in the lives of these women. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, this was just, and it, this was uh, still in my bones, honestly, in my, in my convictions, in my belief in why God is really got us for such a time as this to see this voice across our nation, right? We're all here, girls, on the same soil for the same yeah. reason. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chantel. This has been incredible. Oh, no. Yeah. Where can people track with you and your world and your church My and family? Yeah. Yes, um, I'm on Instagram at Chantel Bearsford, and my church is at on Instagram at Surf City dot uh, no Surf City GTA, or on our YouTube channel at Surf City Church, and you can find us there every week. We have our messages posted, and we're always online. So check us out there. And what exactly are you stewarding as a dream that those of us that hear you and now fall in love with you and want to champion you? What is it that you're just really sensing is next for you, Chantel? Well, I'm actually, um, I'm trying to launch a TV show <laughs> <laughs> in the next 10 days. I'm nothing ready, but I'm going to try to launch it in 10 days. So let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. God has put something in my heart. And I'm going to do a six, a six week pilot program to see what happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared, all of it, but I'm just going to push myself. Like, you know, every year I have a mantra and a couple of years ago is like, girl, get over yourself. And so I'm just going to do it. Like it's my birthday in almost 10 days. I'm just going to do Come it. On. <laughs> yeah. so. see, I sense that I knew there was something else that you needed to say out there publicly and we just bless that in Jesus' name. The earth needs your voice. So, oh, we're going to so, so celebrate with you. Yeah, go for it. And we'll be tracking with you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for being thank with you. us. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was my honor. Thank you. Okay, so many phenomenal moments in that conversation. I believe everyone listening will find themselves somewhere in those honest and authentic moments that Chantel really shared with us about her voice and the opposition to her voice and 
Here at Gather, we are in so many conversations across our nation about the Better Together revelation, about the equity piece for the female's voice and leadership. And there are stunning books being written, works happening, churches being led, businesses being established and taken forward with the strength of a female in the lead. And these conversations aren't just happening behind the scenes, they're happening front and center and Gather feels committed to being part of those conversations and the front and center of them. One of our passion projects here at Gather is for Kathy and I to be co-hosting some phenomenal female voices in our nation and beyond and really establishing a coaching cohort for the next six months called Gather Voices. We're launching it in summer and we are committed to equipping the female church to raise her voice into every arena of of the planet, of the earth. And we are excited about the content. It is going to be quality content. There's guest coaches, there's live equippers. We have guest coaches from Australia, from Canada. We've got Chris Price and Alita Friesen. We've got Anne Miranda, Helen Burns, Daryl Johnson, Amanda Vivia, Chantel Beresford, who you just heard. And we want to pour in and invest and call up and out of the females in this nation, their voice, their leadership voice, their communication gift. And we want to talk about the why of your voice, your position, the expression, the crafting and curating of your message. We want to give you opportunity live in the room as we experience Gather Rise together and also celebrate and champion you and where your voice is going to go. We want to see it branded. We want to see it marketed. We want to see it celebrated. And you could have a voice that is called to speak publicly, to write, to communicate in so many different ways, in so many different arenas. And if this is something that is stirring, awakening in you, already being used, but you want to grow it at another level, or you really need an environment to call this voice up and out of you, then we'd love you to consider investing into your voice through becoming part of the cohort of Gather Voices this summer, launching in summer. We've got a wait list. We've got information. You can go to gatherwomen.com and have a look at all the information about Gather Voices. We cannot wait. This is energizing Kathy and I day by day. and We cannot wait to meet you as you join our cohort for summer for this Gather Voices coaching. We love you. We bless you. We pray that your voice is being raised and released in every sphere of your world so that the kingdom can advance because of what you offer through your voice. We love you.